You're listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode 56, Treasure Up Good Words. How would you rate yourself on the positivity scale? Do you usually speak loving and encouraging words to yourself and others? Or is this something you'd like to improve more in your life? Our words have immense power to influence the way we feel and the way we grow. And truth be told, we can all do a little better at conditioning ourselves to speaking truth at all times, especially in moments of frustration, irritation, or great disappointment. Today's episode, I'm going to share with you one of my favorite practices for training our minds toward positivity. You may even fall in love with vacuuming and doing the dishes by the end of this. So stay tuned for the magic possibility behind these seemingly mundane tasks to help you treasure up good words. Thank you to everyone who has left a review for this podcast or who has taken the time to share this with a friend. As you may know, I am not active on social media, a deliberate choice that helps me have the creativity and focus to make this podcast the best it can be. So the only way this podcast grows is by word of mouth. It's by you. Thank you for taking the time to share this with your friends and support this effort. I love you for it. Today's review of the week comes from Roblox player 123321. <laughs> she says, Brooke, your podcast is refreshing and has broadened my perspective on life. I have found many of your episodes so insightful that I have listened to them over and over. On a recent road trip with my husband and kids, I pulled up the episode about the power of words. We listened to it together, and it has been interesting to see the impact that podcast has had on my family. I have heard my husband and my children refer back to it several times. Thanks so much for the time and effort you put into your podcast. You are real and relatable, and I look forward to your uplifting episodes each week. Keep it up. The insights you share are empowering so many of us to see the strength and potential we hold. Your words are wonderful. Roblox player 123321. <laughs> what a name. Thank you so much for your review. I am delighted to know that this episode has helped your entire family. I love that you not only have been inspired by the message, but your whole family is integrating it into your family culture in how you speak. That is my greatest hope, is that we can all move from theory to practice. It's easy to consume information. Implementing it takes it to a whole new level. Thanks for being a great example of moving to action. High fives to you and your whole family. New listeners, the episode she is referring to is episode 38, Use Good Words, and I'll link to it in the show notes of this episode. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. Your ratings and your reviews and your shares, this is what makes this podcast possible. So thank you so much for listening and sharing. I'm excited to get into today's topic, and this week's review is the perfect lead-in. I have received so much positive feedback from the Use Good Words episode. It's been astounding. One of the fascinating things that I share in that episode is the science behind good words. I talk about the work of Dr. Masaru Emoto and how he is able to photograph the water crystal formations that happen to glasses of water that have positive or negative words taped to the jar. Now, of course, there's astounding connections that we can make with his research, most particularly how we ourselves are made up of 50 to 75% water. 
The words we say in our mind or out loud have a dramatic effect upon the nature of our bodies and how we feel. A few months after that episode aired, I received an email from one of my young listeners. Kaylee is in her teens and she sent me this message. She says, hi, Brooke. A little while ago, I ran over one of our sapling trees with our lawnmower and totally tore it up. My dad was sure it would die and I felt really guilty. So I decided to use one of your tools. So I taped it up and I wrote words all over the tape like growth and strength. And it totally paid off. The one little surviving bud has grown into a really nice branch and the little tree is thriving. Thanks for your tool. With gratitude, Kaylee. First of all, another shout out for awesome listeners who move into action with what they learn. I was so excited when I read this email sitting at my desk in my office that I ran out into the kitchen to tell my whole family Kaylee's story. We were all inspired to be more aware of the words we use, especially in building things up. And what I think is amazing about Kaylee's story is that she was able to nurse back to life a tree that was totally beaten up and not even expected to live, all from using words. Have you ever felt a little beat up? (laughs) Maybe on the brink yourself? Maybe from the outside it totally appears that there is not much chance that things can even turn around? Just recently I taught a live workshop and the small group shared what habits they would like to improve in their life. More than once, the idea of speaking more positively came up. I heard comments like, I wish I could be more positive and nice to myself. I wish I wasn't so critical all the time. How do I actually make a habit to be more positive? All I do is correct my kids all day long. How can I be more positive towards them? How can I actually train myself to be nicer and think nicer? How can I say nice things about myself if I don't actually believe those things? Have you ever felt the same way as any of these women have expressed? In my own experience, this is something that every person struggles with at one time or another. Martin Seligman, one of the leading researchers in the field of positive psychology, says that there are two kinds of people, optimists and learned optimists. I so love that he doesn't say the two kinds of people are optimists and pessimists. (laughs) Here he is, the very father of the positive psychology movement, and he's teaching us that there are people who are more naturally inclined to positivity, but even if you aren't, it is a 100% learnable skill. We all have the ability to become optimists, to see the world and ourselves for the good that exists, rather than focusing on negative. So how do you learn to be an optimist? How do you cultivate that habit? Changing the way that you think or speak seems to be a pretty monumental pattern to interrupt in our brains and lifestyle. Is this something that you too have ever wanted to change? Do you think there's room for you to be more positive in the way you think or speak? How would that change your life? What could it do for your relationships in your family or your relationship to yourself? If you just change the words to be more loving and positive, could that be a life-changing shift for you? It has been for me. Now, we may not be able to realistically 
tape strengthening and encouraging words all over our body every day, like Kaylee so fantastically did to nurse the battered tree back to health. But what else could we do that would start to train our brain towards learned optimism? While there are many ways to do this, my number one favorite exercise is simply to repeat good words. Repeat good words. In the meditation world, we call this a mantra. We repeat a word or phrase on the inhale and exhale of breath. My all-time favorite mantra is, I love and accept you, and then state your name. I talk about this in my book. I talk about this in all my classes, in my mentoring. I've mentioned it several times on a podcast. It's my all-time favorite. I love and accept you and state your name. Another favorite is simply, thank you. But even if you don't have a meditation practice in place just yet, there are plenty of other activities that we each do every day that has the possibility of being meditative. Do you exercise? Do you go running? Do you go for a walk? Do you do the dishes? Do you drive? Do you vacuum your house? Do you shower? <laughs> well, glory be, look at all those common activities that we do that have transformational power to actually become holy activities simply by using them as a time to repeat good words. Any activity that is repetitive in nature that we likely usually zone out while doing is pretty perfect. When I go running or I ride my bike, I love to repeat a mantra on my inhale and exhale. This does mean that I'm doing these activities unplugged, which I have learned while running on the trail in the mornings is pretty much not the norm anymore. Our culture often has a soundtrack playing to our lives, podcasts, music all the time and no downtime. If you're serious about wanting to cultivate more positivity, it's worth experimenting with to see how this helps. Can you find a rhythm? If you're running or riding a bike or walking, the rhythm can be pretty easy to find. For me, it's inhale four steps, exhale four steps, or inhale four pedal strokes and exhale four pedal strokes. Walking is slower, so I slow it down to inhale two steps and exhale two steps. All of this while repeating good words on the inhale and exhale. My new favorite mantra for running is thank you. Inhaling the word think and exhaling the word you. Even if you're vacuuming, you can find a good rhythm on the back and forth push-pull of the vacuum. Repeat good words. You're doing something rhythmic, which can easily turn mindless, but instead turn it into a mindfulness practice. Repeat good words. We have meditative activities through our day that can be an amazing training ground for training our minds and hearts toward positivity. Even a tiny little bit makes a difference. Do you want vacuuming to become holy? <laughs> well, you just found a way. Awesome, right? Repeat good words. My husband, he recently rode his bike in the Lodija bike race. This is an epic beast of a race. It spans 206 miles from Logan, Utah, to Jackson, Wyoming, all in one day. Many riders do this solo. He was invited to do it as a relay, and his spot in the relay was the very last leg. 
So he made sure to train all summer and he was excited to participate. Unfortunately, I had a funeral to help with the day of the race and our plans of our family being his support car were now impossible to make happen. So he decided he would drive himself to Wyoming and park his car at the start of his portion of the race and catch a ride back with a team member after the finish line. He arrived with plenty of time before his teammate completed the portion before his. He started to chat with another rider who had just finished his own part of the relay with his team. They sparked up a good biker's camaraderie before this guy got in his car to drive off. With his window rolled down, he started his car, only to hear my husband muttering to himself in great frustration, no, no. (laughs) What had happened? My husband had unknowingly locked his keys in the car, along with some important things that he needed for the ride. (laughs) And this awesome new bike friend of his turned off his car and immediately came to the rescue. He borrowed my husband his socks, his water bottles, his helmet, and all of his nutrition so that he have something to eat for the next 50 miles ahead. This guy's wife quickly called a locksmith, but given the remote location and the immense traffic from several thousand riders on the road, the locksmith was a gamble on actually making it in time. You can imagine the state of stress this put my husband in. He's the last member of the team to ride, all of which are depending on him to keep up their race time. Now he's got this silly but huge problem on his hands, and he feels grateful but also a little sheepish for needing to borrow all his essentials from this five-minute acquaintance. As miracles go, The locksmith showed up about 30 minutes later, unlocked the car. My husband graciously returned all the borrowed gear to his new bike friend. And literally seconds later, his teammate passed the baton for him to finish the race. With heart racing and adrenaline pumping, he jumps on his bike to ride the last 50 miles. Now, for many people, such a crazy turn of events would be a psychological downfall embarrassment, disappointment, perhaps a little anger at oneself for causing such a mishap by a small oversight, fear and frustration that things just don't seem to be working out very well. It's one of those days type of attitudes. There's plenty of material a pessimist could mull over in a situation like this that would feed criticism and negativity. But do you know what my super awesome husband did? As he relayed this experience to me and my kids the next day, he told us how he couldn't stop saying thank you over and over again for 50 miles out loud. (laughs) He said thank you for the new bike friend who was willing to give him all his gear so he could still participate in the race. He said thank you for the locksmith who miraculously made it in time. He said thank you for all the people who came together to help him. He said thank you to each part of his body for having strength and performing well. That's a lot of gratitude to express for 50 miles on a bike. That's four hours in the saddle on an incline the whole time. And he not only finished the race, 
but it was his fastest time ever by a long shot. Repeat good words. There's power in the repetition. There's power in turning repetitive activities into the training ground for our own mindful outlook on life. This repetition of good words is something the Lord encourages us to do as well. He knows that words have power. He knows that our words create. In the Doctrine and Covenants, section 84, verse 85, he teaches us to treasure up in your minds continually the words of life, and it shall be given you in the very hour that portion that shall be meted unto every man. There are many ways to treasure up continually the words of life. One of my favorites is to simply repeat good words. If you wonder how to train your mind so you do default to positivity, it takes practice. When we repeat good words, the promise we receive is that it shall be given you in the very hour, that portion that shall be meted unto every man. So when you find that you locked your keys in the car and everyone's depending on you and nothing seems to be going right, when little things happen or big things happen, that in the past may have caused criticism and pessimism and a downward spiral of self-talk. What happens instead? We're given the words to say because they are the very words we've been treasuring up in our mind all along. All along in those daily, mundane, meditative moments. We're training our mind. David Allen teaches, the sublime comes through the mundane. Treasure up good words, and they will be given you in the very hour, the very moment you need them. Treasuring up good words has literally saved my life. You can check out episode seven for details into my own story. Treasuring up good words builds new pathways in our brain. It reprograms our subconscious mind. Before we know it, we have created new patterns. And just as Martin Seligman promised, we become learned optimists. It becomes our default to turn to positivity instead of the negative. But it takes practice. Use those rhythmic mundane moments of your day to reprogram your thinking. Truly miraculous changes and results await from the power of treasuring up good words. Imagine your life treasuring up good words and look forward with faith. You listen to these episodes and love what you hear and wonder where to start. I invite you to take my Christian meditation 40 day challenge course. Meditation is my most important practice of the day. And I use it for so many things, including repeating good words. Part of the course, we start with my own favorite mantra, I love and accept you. How could that change your life if you repeated those words to yourself every day for 40 days? The key is consistency. That's why I love that this is a 40-day challenge. The challenge is to do it for 40 consecutive days. Starting a new habit, and even more so being consistent with it, can be tricky. This is why I offer every student a free buddy pass allowing you to handpick your own friend or family member to take the course with you. You get your own accountability partner and you both do the challenge together. Two people start a new empowering practice instead of just one. 
If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes or find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. I am cheering you on.